0: Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is
1: off a touchdown by Holmes! With all your latest sports news and commentary, you're listening to the TNT Podcast with your hosts Tyler Layfield and Torres Finney. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TNT Podcast. As always, it's your guy Tyler Layfield, joined by my co-host, Torres Finney, how's it going, Torres?
0: What's going on, Tyler? Man, you all already know what time, getting close to that time, so just nothing but hard court training. But, man, I'm excited. Hey, It's also exciting, you know, when you can train, when you get back after training. You come on and watch some really good games. So oh, I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, sounds like, that, That's
1: like a nice, uh, nice day right there. Training plus, is. plus good games. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nothing like it, man um so speaking of you know your your sports you know obviously we know you're training but you know you're you're a big fan of a couple teams we all know uh you know the team that you grew up like in the nba uh is the dallas mavericks they've had some some recent updates um with, with some developments within their organization obviously we know uh that rick carlisle he ended up resigning uh last week and uh you know we there was some stuff going on, you know, people who have came out and said that him and Luca were kind of button heads, um, you know, and that there were some kind of takes that people had on who might be the next head coach. They were talking about maybe, maybe the assistant coach, uh, Mosley, uh, who's real close with Luca. Some people were talking about Jason Kidd because, you know, he's a former player, won a championship with you guys in 2011. Um, you know, still pretty close to the organization. They ended up bringing Dirk into the front office. Dirk Nowitzki is going to be having a voice and things, so that's good. But uh, things ended up popping last night. Um, you know, we're recording this, obviously, uh, today, Friday, June 25th. And uh, Woj came out, dropped some news that Nico Harrison um, ended up becoming – it looks like they're. this is pretty much a done deal, but he is going to be coming on as the lead basketball operations role uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. And some of you guys might be saying, because you, you're probably like me, last night I was like, who, who is this guy? You know, who is Nico Harrison? Well, apparently, um, so he, he comes from Nike. Apparently he has a lot of um, of uh, connections within the league, and he's been highly sought after over the years. So this, could, this should be considered a big win for the Mavericks here. It looks like Cuban decided to bring in a guy that could bring talent to Dallas uh, because, you know, let's let's be real here. Dallas hasn't always been the place that a lot of people are just chomping
0: at the bit to come to, right? We and always get them, them at them the in. end of their – we always get them at the end of their career for some reason. Uh-huh. Like, exactly. we get good players. Like, I, I was excited when we got Monte Ellis. Yeah. When we got Chandler Parsons. You know, those are good players, but we got them, like, at the end. So, you know, that's not – I mean – he, he can go get some guys, but uh-huh. we can never get them directly while they're there. Even even when we got Jason Kidd, you know, those guys. Jason uh, Terry, uh, Sean Marion. Jason Terry, we won a championship. You know, a lot of those guys was gotten at the end. Yeah. I mean, you know, even though we were older and we won the title, it was at the end. So I don't yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really will hope we can finally get someone within their prime for Luka.
1: For real. It, it looks like it's heading that way and it looks like they already have an idea of who they want for their head coach. I mentioned his name earlier, but Jason Kidd, it looks like that's pretty much a done deal as well. Him coming in to be head coach. There's some mixed reviews here. I know uh, our good friend of the show, Jackson Caldwell was laughing at it, cracking on it. Um, I don't necessarily see it as a I, I don't know how to kind of feel about it. He has the you know, obviously, like I said, he has the history with the organization, with the franchise, He won the uh, championship with him. And then you know but but since he's been a head coach, you know he hasn't quite lived up to what we all thought he might be. you know So coming from a Mavericks fans' perspective, what do you see here with Jason Kidd potentially becoming your head coach?
0: Okay, see, um, I, could, I could see the reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people really didn't like Jason Kidd because everywhere he goes, you know he can't do really anything. But I look at what Jason Kidd has had to work with for a vast majority. Of his career. So when he went to the Nets, okay, he took over that Nets team that we all remember that was, you know, super team, mm-hmm. Joe Johnson, every Celtic. Uh, yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they had every, they literally had everybody way out of their primes all on one team, thought mm-hmm. they were going to win something, got beat in five by uh, the Miami Heat. So then he went to the Bucks. He took the Bucks to one playoff. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bucks, the Bucks wasn't what they were now at that time. Yeah, like for me, I felt like he was developing them. He was given four seasons. If anybody remember, he was fired when they were twenty three and twenty two. Uh now people say, well, he never won more than forty four games, as a coach, but he was never given that many like opportunities. Yeah, like I don't think Jason Kidd is that bad. He's never had that guy. He's never had a team with a player like Luka. He was never on a team with a player with that high caliber. When he was on the books, when Giannis was there, Giannis wasn't as developed as he got to now. As time went on, then Giannis was like, okay, this Giannis guy is starting to play. But it just takes time. It, it reminds me a lot like Mark Jackson. A lot of people was like uh, with Mark Jackson when it was like, oh, well – I'm glad Steve Kerr, you know, finally came on, you know, that helps the Warriors dynasty. I'm I'm pretty sure he did some good things to help out. You mm-hmm. know, Steve Kerr did allow Curry to do more than what Mark Jackson did, but in my opinion, I think they could have eventually won. I think they maybe, eventually maybe. got to the level they got to, I mean, you can't, I mean, you it's, it is a hypothetical, but then Mark Jackson did have some barriers on Steph Curry. He didn't allow him to shoot at that rate like Steve Curry. Steve Kerr it was like, you can shoot like that, but you have to play some defense. Now, we still know Curry can still always play that one-on-one defense. Like, that it was more of a zone defense. Mm-hmm. But Jackson was more like, no, he's going to be on defense. He's gonna, we're going to have this set. We're going to have this set. And that's not bad, but we, we've seen the pros and cons do it. We've seen, like, what he done with Curry and what he did with Jackson. I think kids in the same um, boat. He hasn't been given that opportunity to allow himself to fully coach a team up to this caliber. This Maverick team has it. They have the players. Now, I believe they got to get one more. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking. Uh, I've seen a lot on social media. Uh, well, the Trey Young and Luca, right now, Trey was the perfect trade. Yes, I would say that. That was correct. That yeah. was the perfect trade for either team. You a Trey Young on the Mavs wouldn't be the same Trey Young on the Hawks. Uh, he would be a really good player. Yeah. He wouldn't be the same player. uh Luca, Luca to me is is uh he's able to like do, I think he can go any team. I do believe that. But I think the Mavs do fit him. I think Trey Young fits the Hawks, and I think Luca fits the Mavs in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um now if you ask me who I think is the better player, I still think Luca is the better player. Yeah, I'll still rock with Luca, yeah. But there's Trey a, re- young there's is a reason he's pretty.
1: making all NBA teams and Trey
0: Ain't. Yeah, that yeah. is true. So that and that's what I look at as well, uh, because they both do have some good teams. Now, I will say Luca Luca finds a way to get all his teammates in and he can play some slightly good defense. It's okay. Defense it ain't all that, but he plays some mm-hmm. defense and he's able to get his players within the offense where Trey can as well. But Trey at times, he does jack up a lot of shots because he can shoot it that way. He's, yeah, he's like, yeah, he can shoot. He got that Curry mindset. He, he can't shoot at that rate. Really. But, you know, obviously, if anybody's seen some of his percentages, they're not always the best. Nah. But there, there does be games where he can go. And if Luka doesn't, isn't hot, he'll start passing, he'll start rebounding, trying to get his other teammates in. Thing with the math, they just could hit no shots against the Clippers when it mattered. No. And I mean, if you anybody saw the game, Luka was playing. He just his teammates couldn't do anything, mainly Porzingas. So, yeah,
1: that's the next piece. Uh um, move, it looks like as Porzingas getting shipped out for something. It's just a matter of who's gonna come in. So we'll we'll,
0: we'll as see. Should. yeah, as he should, you know. Porzingas it, it was reminding me a lot, like it, what happens every year. Everybody say, and I don't really hate that sometimes. Uh last year it was like, Man, if the Mavs would have Porzingas, they would have beat the Clippers. And at, at first I was like, Okay, that could have been true at that time. But then now we have Porzingis, and he played nowhere up to par to what we saw from him last year. Uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. we, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I think Jason Kidd is a good one. I think Nico Harrison will be a good manager with uh, having Dirk Nowinski, uh within the office as well. Rick Carlisle, even though he's not coaching or no longer on the staff there, he still have a little say-so within that Maverick organization. He still has a really good, uh, close relationship with Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. um they said he was the first one to have the strong uh he picked jason Kidd as one of his strongest contenders to take over the job after he retired mm-hmm. so, so that's one thing about the math to give me that very similar uh spurs like uh yeah. a family vibe within the organization not a lot within a lot not a lot of guys in the organization have some hardship at each other everybody's still close after you play on yeah. that team so you know i think i think they'll try to make it work for Kidd. kid i do
1: yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. Carlisle now moving on to the Pacers. Um, I think this is a pretty, pretty big win for him. Um, he can go in there that um, and there's not these lofty expectations of a championship, really. It's just, you know, making the playoffs. If he can just steadily make the playoffs, he's got another good 10 years left in him is what I saw some tweet. my so tweets. I, I kind of agree with them um, in that, um, you know, side of things. So, um, and other, you know, Torres' favorite sports teams things, uh, real quick, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we don't got to go on this too long, but I, I wanted to get you th- quick thoughts. Pittsburgh Steelers released David DeCastro, but they ended up later on bringing in Trey Turner uh, to fill in on the offensive line. Now, I did see where there are, there's only like one returning offensive line starter this year. How do you feel about this move and what do you see with the
0: offensive line for the Steelers this season? Well, what I was seeing mainly with the Steelers is we're we're changing up our offensive line a little bit. Um mm-hmm. I love Big a lot ben of bit. Uh, uh say that again.
1: I said a lot of bit.
0: Oh, we are. I yeah. mean we, we all know this is Big Ben's in my in all honesty. I think majority of everyone in the in the mama knows this is Big Ben's last year. Um getting a guy like Trey Turner signing him, uh he's a Pro Bowl, he's an all he's all pro uh, uh guard. Uh I think, I truly believe that we're trying to change up the way that we protect Ben and how we establish our run game. Um, Castro, without a doubt, yes, he was a big-time guard for us in the run game. David DeCastro is a beast. Y'all should see some of his highlights. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that brother is at it. Uh, but it's just a change up to, like, what we're trying to do Um it's it's all about scheming, okay? With Castro, he's more downhill, not saying he can't pass protect. He's actually not a bad pass protector. Mm -hmm. I think to surround a certain chemistry around a certain line, you needed to change up a few pieces. Um, I think having uh, Trey there is going to help that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we got uh, Najee Harris, uh, bring it, you know, obviously have him at running back. He's going to bring a different... Um, he's going to bring a, basically a different scheme to how we're going to run that at the running back position. You're not going to see a lot of just straight up downhill like you had with James Conner. We're going to be using him a lot more, might be seeing a lot more on screens, mm-hmm. a lot more Fantastic outside tackle runs with Trey. So that's what I see more. And I'm not saying David can't do it, but I think they're leaning more to that because Trey is a little bit younger and yeah. a little, probably more athletic. So, I think we're leaning more to that. And I just think right now, um Steel is just trying to put all in what they can do to do the best they can. Cause they mean we got the defense. I have no problem with that. We have defense. Now we just gotta make sure we get that stuff right on offense because yeah. you know the team we had last year was a really good team, in my opinion. We just couldn't It's like we actually run the ball, force being the throw. Then we came one-dimensional, and all our plays were easy to pick apart. I think we have a receiving court. I think we now have the running game. We'll like to get another back behind that. And don't want him carrying all the load. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, I'm really confident in what the Steelers got this coming year. Uh going to be a little tough ride. Uh, I think we're playing the uh, Green Bay division this year, uh, the NFC North. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, you already know we got the, the three highs and winners in our own division. Uh, Burrow, Baker, and uh, Lamar, MVP. Yo. So, our division is tough, tough still. It's going be, gonna to be fun. Uh, don't really see nobody sweeping really anybody. Probably us. We usually always sweep the Bengals, but we didn't even sweep the last year when it was all hurt. So, yeah. don't really see uh, us sweeping nobody. We would like to. We swept Braves. But it uh, probably won't happen. But Probably a little bit with the Bravens. Uh, hopefully, we can probably sweep the Bengals. We usually do, but we might have to sweep them as well. But I see a good season out of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can see a twelve and five season. Uh, I just think I, think I think we're confident enough that we can do we can do twelve and five, eleven and six. Um, I okay. think we can make it in. We probably can't win the division just depending on how the other teams do. Uh, but I think we make the playoffs this year again. We make the playoffs okay. again uh, this year again. And on Big Ben last rod, we'll see, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll too,
1: see. But I, I do like this offensive line. Yeah. Um. I do yeah. It's got, got me a little worried, I guess, on my outlook for for Najee Harris. You know, uh, he's just so used to all these big behemoths in front of him in Alabama. So hopefully, uh, they'll be able to do enough to to get him going this year. Um. But with that being said, I know you you ended up throwing in the NFC North. How you guys are going to be, uh, playing them? So I'll do a quick little plug in, guys. Uh, next week, we actually already recorded a podcast for this, but we're doing. Um, an NFC preview, and we had two guests on the show. One is first time. Another has just been pretty much – I think he said it in the show. It's been exactly a year since he was last on. We're not going to release those names just yet. Two celebrity guests. So, um, you know, we're breaking down all things NFC. That's the East, the West, the South, the North. Uh, you know, it, just everything and all things NFC. So be sure to be on the lookout um, next week for that episode to drop. Um, so moving on to the next topic of today, um, the other I think, yeah, it was Tuesday of this week. Uh, we actually had the NBA draft lottery and obviously we know that we know that there's some implications with this, especially with some of these trades nowadays with, uh, these protected picks. If the pick falls outside of this range, then this team gets it. If it falls in this range, then this team gets to keep it all this That's kind of it. stuff. Right. Um, a lot of moving pieces. So I'll read out real quick how it ended up going down. Um, obviously, in the NBA, it's the, it's the worst 14 teams pretty much, you know, are in the uh, lottery or at least how um, the standings played out, the, the worst 14 teams. So if number 14 ended up being the Golden State Warriors. As you remember, they ended up getting bounced in the playing game. Um, so they were number 14. Number 13 uh, is the Indiana Pacers. 12, San Antonio Spurs. 11, Charlotte Hornets. 10, New Orleans Pelicans nine, Sacramento Kings, eight was the Orlando Magic, um, and that pick was from the Chicago Bulls. Seven ended up being Golden State again. That's the pick that they got for uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, six was Oklahoma City, five, Orlando, four, Toronto, three, Cleveland, two, Houston, and number one, Detroit. So let's, let's just break this down real quick. We don't have to spend too much time on this, uh, but let's just – you know, point out some winners and losers. I'll, I'll go ahead and start here first. Obviously, the big winner here is the Detroit Pistons. I feel like they ended up um, getting the number one pick here. It feels like I don't know ever since we've been around Torres. You know, since we've been watching, uh, you know, NBA. Obviously, we know about. Um, you know, we, we've heard the stories of the bad boy Pistons. We remember, um, I, at least I remember, for the most part, when they ended up upsetting the Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant Lakers in the NBA Finals. I think it was what No Four.
0: Yeah. Um, Hamilton, all them boys. Yes.
1: Hamilton, Wallace, Bill, ben, ben Wallace, Billups. yeah. All them boys. It's, they, they've had a tough season. Obviously, they ended up paying like Jeremy Grant and a host of other, it felt like they were going crazy on centers this year. Um, they end up getting the first round or the first pick in the draft this year, and they can kind of choose their own destiny in a sense, uh, whether they end up trading this pick and getting a lot of assets or whether they end up ultimately going with who I think is going to be the number one pick. And I think that as a consensus, everybody thinks it'll be Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. Um, Obviously, we know Cade Cunningham, uh, I think we've mentioned him here on the show a couple times, very versatile player, Um, you know, became a household name this year uh, with how he, he, you know, he played this season, was able to get his team in the tournament. Um, The way he can score is just ridiculous. He's you know, well-made for this NBA, you know, where you have to put up points if you want to stay in games. Um, What do you you see the Pistons doing here? Do you think they're going to end up keeping this pick or do you think they're going to trade out of it?
0: Um, I think the Pistons keep this pick. Um, You made a a good point. Uh, They haven't been relevant in a minute. Um, I mean, heck, the last time they've been relevant was when they played, what, LeBron? In the Eastern White semifinals. Yeah,
1: when Stanley Johnson was calling out how he could lock up LeBron. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I <laughs> that.
0: yeah Lord have mercy. So since that, since so that's that's the last time they actually been truly relevant, man. For real. And uh, the Pistons, they got this. They, they just got a lot of stuff to do. Uh, they need this number one pick. They can't let this one go. If the, if anything, I mean, I don't, I don't see why trading it is anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Pistons are winners. Um, I think the Rockets, they're winners as well. Um, They can utilize that number two pick big time. And, you know, after being injured and uh, letting go, James Harden had one of the worst seasons in the NBA uh, this past year, one of the worst teams. Uh, I think the Rockets can utilize this pick a lot to help build back what they uh, had already. Because the Rockets was on a run from like what 2010 to what? But 2021. uh, Just up to last year, they was always in the contention of potential title, you know, always Western conference. You know, it was just always something that held them back. Something always, you know, injuries, just something crazy that always held them back. Um, another winner, in my opinion, without question, would be the Warriors. You get the seventh and fourteenth pick, uh, after just having uh getting number getting a top pick out of James Wiseman. Um after, you know, you made it to the playing game with not having all your guys healthy, now you're about to bring an addition, hopefully, you know, at the start of the season, they'll be able to have Curry, Clay, and Draymond, no telling how long Clay will be before he uh, actually plays into next season, but I mean, you get another top pick, I mean, look, you get two top picks back to back to back, I mean, heck, you're building up a a really good bench, you know, some really good role players to come in and play instantly, so uh this worst team gonna be good. They're gonna be tough to beat. They man. Be good. It's gonna be a tough war team. They're gonna be good this upcoming uh so do you, next do you I think
1: could... they'll hold on to those picks or do you think they're gonna try to package those things together to try to get some
0: veteran help? I could see that. I could see mm-hmm. that. I mean, you you do got some good guys out there on the market uh that'll be coming out this next next year. I mean, heck, I mean, you never know. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, you never know. Guys like him, you know, mm-hmm a few picks, throwing a few money here and there. Uh, you never know dealing with uh, certain teams like the Warriors. They got the money. They got the cap to be able to do it. So uh, it will be interesting to see if they could trade some away, away some of those picks. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: For real. Yeah, that, they were a big winner um, just because they ended up getting that pick. It was a top four protected pick. So if, if Minnesota were to somehow land in the top four, they would have kept that pick. Since it fell out of that top four, Golden State ended up getting it. Uh, and the, the sad thing is and this ultimately makes Minnesota a loser, but they could have easily probably gotten that pick. They could have they could have positioned themselves well enough to uh, to at least give themselves a shot at getting in the top four. but instead they it, it, it's hard to fault them in a sense, but they started trying to win like they were actually really trying to win games, but they, were games. Cl- they
0: were close.
1: Yeah they yeah. were they were trying to win games. And there was probably no chance. There was no chance they were even going to make the, the tournament, you know, or not the, yeah the playing tournament, but they still kept trying anyway. They weren't willing to just lose games. Bless you. Uh, they weren't willing to lose the games on purpose to, to get in the top four. So that, that to me, you know, in um, comparison, it makes them um, a loser here. Another loser, Oklahoma city. Um, they ended up, you know, only picking what I say. They only, they're ending up picking at number six when they ended up tanking the whole season. They ended up shutting down shot James Alexander. They ended up letting Horford just go home and chill. And they didn't even break top four. They also, um, I believe, they had they had the Houston pick, um, and the rock the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, the Houston pick. So if it fell out of the top four, they would have gotten that pick as well. So they potentially could have had uh, two top 10 picks. They ended up only getting one. Uh, so to me that makes them a bit of a loser, but the good news is Sam Presti, i read a, um, article he, he owns, or he owns the franchise, Oklahoma city. They own 10% of the draft the next few years or something like that. Like it's ridiculous how many picks he's accumulated so they can package stuff together to trade up if need be. Um, any other, Players or any other teams that you see being winners or losers here?
0: Um, not from what I've seen so far, not necessarily. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at you know the first round of draft. You know, first round of draft what really in the NBA is like the most impactful um mm-hmm. out of the re- entire draft. Not saying you can't get second round players because it's been proven you can. Um just usually yeah, exactly. the first the second like round pick MVP. to win MVP. Yeah. MVP is exactly. that well, there you go. So not saying you can't. But I look at the Rockets. The Rockets have three first round picks. Wow. One at number two. Then they have 23 and 24. So wow. the Rockets got some work to do in this draft, you know, after having this letdown of a season. Same thing with the Thunders. I mean, yes, Oklahoma City, uh, they did not get that top four pick, like you were saying, mm-hmm. but they still do have a 16, 18 pick. Uh, as well as the number six pick. So they still can do some work in that first round, just depending on what their team needs are and what they need to build their team around. So yeah. uh, some of these lower guy, uh, level teams that used to be in the running, they can get back in a running if they know how to draft correctly. So this is a great opportunity for them. So they need to make the best of it.
1: Yeah. Last winter I'll bring up here is the Toronto Raptors. They were able to break the top four. um Even, you know, after really kind of, you know, they, they obviously wanted to be a contender this year. They had, um, you know, Nick Nurse, you know, leading the leading the charge, you know, a, a well-regarded head coach in the lead. They still got veterans, um, you know, Kyle Lowry, uh, Pascal Siakam, you know, they, they still had people there. Norman Powell that were good. Um, they did end up trading a little bit this year. O.G. Ananobi as well uh, and started things off rough. You know, if, if you remember, they had to play in Florida to begin this season because of COVID and everything. Um, so they weren't even really being able to play at home. So it kind of felt like a little bit of a consolation prize, in a sense, from the league. Hey, we, we know that you guys went through some tough things this year. Uh, for doing that, we're going to give you a top-four pick. So that's pretty good on them. <laughs> it's it's good to see them kind of being rewarded, in a sense, You know, after the tough stuff they've had to go through. Um, the other team that was able to climb in the top four that wasn't supposed to was Cleveland. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. There's rumors out there that they're trying to possibly trade Sexton, so maybe they can package Sexton with that to get something. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, I'll say this last thing. Uh, I know that you mentioned Houston getting the number two pick. It'll be interesting to see what they go with because Kate Cunningham is widely regarded as the the top player in the draft that people are going to want to go for number one. The second guy is Evan Mobley from USC who's a center. Do they go and draft Evan Mobley when they have a guy like Christian Wood already on the roster, you know, or, or what are they going to do there? That's 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 the conundrum to question. me is, is what do they do there at that number two pick, um, you know, with what they already have. So um, that's what I was able to take away from this. We'll see how things go. And I'm thinking I know somebody that I that would possibly help out that Golden State Warriors team um, at that number seven pick. I ha, Let me let me spit this one by you. What about the kid from Baylor, Donovan Mitchell's little brother, Davion Mitchell? I think he would be a perfect oh, okay. for that Golden okay. State
0: Warriors team. That would be something because I did I did remember seeing you know um, I have seen some of him some of his play uh-huh. uh, and it's funny he has the same number as his brother number yeah. forty five uh-huh. I have seen some of his play when a Baylor was in the tournament but uh you know I, I never brought that dad and that together I really didn't I did not know that if that was his brother so a scrappy guy um, I've watched him here.
1: huh Yeah. I said he's a scrappy guy Dude try tries hard hustles shoots pretty well plays good defense. I don't know. It could be a guy that the Golden State Warriors could could probably
0: use. You know that would be uh, interesting. Whatever. You know he played for them and Auburn, so uh, yeah, uh, that would be really good for him, man. I think he may, if he can make the best of it. That'd be really good. Oh so, yeah. So
1: while we're on the NBA train, we'll we'll finish this uh, show off by discussing the latest uh, movement in the NBA playoffs. Let's let's start things off with the hot stuff, man. With with the Atlanta Hawks winning game one in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks, man, and doing it pretty convincingly there at the end. Um, man, Did I, I didn't see this coming. I think they were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog or seven-point underdog for game one, one of those two. Um, didn't, didn't feel like Vegas really saw that coming as well. Did you see this coming?
0: Um, I told you that the Hawks was going to win one game in Milwaukee in these first two. I, I, I knew I, just, I was really confident in that. But now I didn't know which one um, because of the Hawks. But if there was any game for them to win, this was the one for them to win. Um, because winning game two is a little tougher than most of the time to win game one. The reason why I would say winning a game one like this, Milwaukee just came off a seven-game series, tough seven-game series against, yeah. the, against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, now the Hawks did also play that seven games against the 76ers. Sure. But – I felt like the Hawks came out better in their series than the Bucs came out of theirs. So you got to take advantage of opportunities like that. And I think that's exactly what the Hawks did. And I keep saying it over and over again. The Hawks are taking the game to these teams. They're gritty. They're like, they don't supposed to be in this position. They're not the better team. Then the past two teams, they don't play. They're not better than the Bucks. They're not better than the 76ers, but they're gritty, they're grindy, and they just take it to these teams. And that's what I love. That's what I love about these Hawks. Like, Mm -hmm. they ain't going to lay down for no one. I mean, you got John Collins dunking on everybody. This brother dunking on me, Giannis, it don't matter. Trey Young, man, I mean, this brother here, man, I mean. He went off,
1: man. He went off. Dude, the, the little I, I shoulder shimmy, the little shoulder shimmy on that on that open three, yeah, that that was just nasty, bro. Disrespectful,
0: man. You talking about making a statement within these playoffs? I mean, I'm starting to see why a lot of guys are starting to say, "Oh, Trey Young over Luca, Trey Young, this, this, and this." I mean, you make your case, but I'm taking my boy Luca. But Trey Young is making a statement. Oh, this yeah. is a, this is like, let me tell you something here. He, if he, if look to me, he's already, he's already like. Pin himself as is, is one of those guys. Like, okay, I'm gonna be a top 10 player. I'm gonna be one of those top guys in the league. This is gonna be my league in the upcoming few years. Mm-hmm. Uh he he wins this series against the Bucks. Then this this no longer becomes a in the league right now. Now it's started to become a legacy thing. He yeah. takes these Bucks at the age of how long? How old is Trey Young? 23? Let me see if I can find that out. You keep going though. Dude, so Whatever his young age is, if this brother can get this Hawks team after starting 14 and 20. 22. Tw- oh, he's the same age as me. So this nah. if this brother's the same age as me can get this team to the NBA Finals. I mean, we talk about how LeBron was able to get the Cavs at the age of 21 to the Finals. Uh, not saying Trey Young's on the same level right now, but if anybody remember when Allen Iverson got that 76ers team. Yeah. Brought them through so many. Like, nobody thought that team was going through that. Yeah. Like that. Get them to the finals. And not only did they get to the finals, they won a game against a, a, a Lakers team that was easily supposed to beat them. Oh, but yeah. this Hawks team right here, man, dude, oh, man, I'm I'm feeling something. I, I they, hope.
1: Yeah. I hope they win I it, man. I hope man. they win it it's, all now. It, it, it,
0: it's, it's not necessarily a talent thing. It's more – I got that heart. I got that grit. Yeah. And I'm gonna come at you, man. You look at these Clint Compeller. Look at how he's playing, man. Kevin Herter, Dolinari. I mean, you just name it. Now, if I had to go to the other side for the Bucks, uh, the only It's O'Neal just Y'all so game,
1: bland. The, is, like the Bucks are, are just so bland, bro. Like it's just like comparing uh, you know like prison food to like a gourmet meal or something like it's just like uh, oh y'all got y'all got Chris Chris Middleton and Chris don't, don't get me wrong Chris Middleton's good and everything but it's not really like I'm not like scared of Chris Middleton Really the only killer they got in a sense is, is Giannis because he still kind of has that mindset too where he just don't care he's gonna try to go out there and play his best game every game. I like that about him. He doesn't let stuff get to him about the free throws and the three-point shooting. He's still gonna go out there and really try his best. Then you got like Brooke Lopez. Um, Drew Holiday did do decent this last game, but still, it's just like I don't know, you you got this team over here that's you know pretty pretty good, but then you got like all these fireworks over on the Hawks where they're just splashing threes, catching lobs. Like it's just a, a really fun team. They had that great team chemistry, they had a lot of good synergy. Um, you could tell they've been playing together, man, and they they really just know each other well. They know their roles, they know what they need to do in order to win, and they're willing to go to that length. So um, that's what's awesome, man. I I've enjoyed watching this team. Um, I, like I said, I hope they win it all, bro. I really hope they win it all. That would be amazing. That would really be amazing.
0: That would be amazing for Atlanta. And looking at the Milwaukee, man, you know, you gotta remember where coach Mike Bunholzer comes from. He comes, he was the assistant coach of the San Antonio Spurs and yeah. he was. Uh, so if anybody remember that, we remember he came right from the Spurs straight to the Hawks. He did. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. He's playing his former team right now. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, and plus my granddad is who's a big Hawks fan. He really disliked Mike Budley. like so he messed up our team. He made them because the, the Hawks, they have a good team, but he came over there. Not only because the Hawks, they got overzealous big time. Literally after that first year, when they won all those games, mm. was number one seed, the next year, they made him the general manager. Uh-huh. I'm like, I mean, yeah, he's a good coach, but they think that Spurs mindset. It was like, okay, he got Spurs mindset. He's making these yeah. guys win. And he just blew up all that Atlanta team. He literally blew it up. So, when yeah. he hurt Atlanta in that way, my granddad was so – he did not – he just did not like Bud Hosen anymore. And he's like, he's going to mess up that Bucs team. I tell you, watch and see. So, uh this is more like a revenge game for the Hawks to coach Bud Hosen for Atlanta but um Giannis man, he is playing. Uh PJ Tucker, I mean, he just trying to play on defense. Uh yeah, he is. Holiday had a good game. Uh he, he played really good. But like you was talking about, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, he has to play better. Six for 23, 0 for nine from the three-point range. I mean, if we want to talk, I mean, Chris Middleton was one of the big reasons why the Bucks won that game seven as well. So we can't uh I have to say Chris Middleton is one of those guys. And uh, he's one of those good. He's one of those guys that's got to help the uh, Bucks. If they want to find a way to win this series, then it's gonna be a part of him. He's has to. Their big three: uh, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew. I throw Drew Holiday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hall, Their big three. They got to play. Everybody played last game for him except for Middleton. He's got to play. Their big three has to play. Um, with the Hawks, the Hawks is just all around team. It's yeah. Trey Young. You got John Collins. John Collins. He's that. He's that guy as well. They get a lot of support from Golinari. Solomon Hill. They get a lot of good work. from Donovich. Bob Donovich. Herter, they have a really good yeah. core. I, I
1: like it, man. I, I like it. They, they got a side. They got good depth. They got. They Dude, really do. A lot of guys you can I'm, trust I'm to create for their the own shot. Time. It's what you need in the NBA now. You got to have guys that can create their own shot. Guys that can create for others. And while while we're talking about the Bucks, um, I figured I would share the poll results uh from last Please week. Please
0: let me see it. Um, so
1: we, we ended up so the poll was who is the better team? And the two options were Suns and Bucks. We had 27 votes. 85% of people voted the Suns, 15% put the Bucks. Pull so what's the math or not. Um, man, I had to. Yeah, yeah. You can do the math if you want, my man. But, uh, but that's that's a landslide, my man. So I, um, yeah, I, I hate I hate to break
0: it to you, brother, but I told you so
1: on that one. I don't know. I feel I feel like they're definitely the better team. The Suns are definitely the better, the better team.
0: See, to me, okay. So that means twenty three people picked the um, twenty three people picked the Bucks. I mean the Suns. All right. So let, let me explain something. For one. I truly believe, as an overall team, even with the individual players, that the Bucs can go one for one with these Suns. But we're going to slowly take our time. We're going to slowly take our time, and I'm going to be slowly right. I'm going to just wait and say, I told you also. Because y'all are going to see the reason why the Clippers are going to come back and beat these Suns. Let alone from... Let me, let, let me go ahead and explain something. This is where we're going to get to the Suns and the Clippers real quick. All right. Mm-hmm. For one, that Suns and Clippers game, game two. Mm-hmm. That was one of the luckiest games a man could ever play. Yeah. Right. The, de- the definition of luck for the Suns was at its best. Uh, mm-hmm. The Clippers' luck was at its worst. The Clippers literally had that game in the bag. That game Mm -hmm. was in the bag for the Clippers. No reason why they should have lost. But it seems like they wanted to lose because a 0-2 down Clippers team seems like that's the best team in the history of the NBA. Because when they down 0-2, they know how to turn Mm -hmm. it on. And I think they're going to turn it on big time against the Suns. The series right now is 2-1, just getting a big win in game three. Uh, But I don't don't see – I I do see these clips. I mean, Paul George, he's playing now. He's playing. I will say, watching the games, like I'm, I'm more in tune. I'm starting to watch nearly the, the full game. He makes some bone heads, boy. Paul George. Every time, I'll like, be watching with friends, I'm like, there you go, Paul George. I told you. Then he'll pass the ball to the other team. The why they direct, and I'm like, for every step you take forward, you take one back as well. You take, yeah. Like, dude. Come on, George. I need you. I need you. So, he's playing good. He's making some good plays. Reggie Jackson, he's played good in both of these back-to-back games in game two and game three. Uh, Clippers got hot in game three. But I'm going to give credit for that game two out of the Suns. I mean, DeAndre ayton what a play. I mean, that lob from –
1: Jay Crowder. That
0: lob. Yeah, yeah, Gia Crowder. uh, Jay Crowder lobbing the ball up right over the net, right over Zubok I'm still mad at how they was guarding the goal. I'm also mad that referees did not call because he was grabbing on um, uh, uh, two chests he was grabbing on. Uh, uh, I believe it was Paul George. He was grabbing on his shirt, had his shirt like this, going to the goal and then going up for the ball. I hated that. The referees didn't call it, but it is what it is. Um, but I can't even blame that, man. Got blame Paul George. No way, no way, mm. no way you miss two back-to-back free throws. You yep. have to make at least one. You have to make at least one, bro. You have to make at least one. He shot 50% from the free throw line. Not only out of all the free throws that were taken, the only other person that missed one, he was one for two was Trish the man. Everybody else made all their free throws for the Clippers. Okay, Terrence the only man. one that missed, huh? Oh, Terrence Mann. Who's, who's been playing? Yeah, really he solid. Been he's, he's been playing, playing good. He's been playing really solid. So this couple team is more team based Um, they are depending on everybody. Uh, Rondo have his his time in there. Rondo been playing good. He has been playing much better from what I've seen. Um, last game two he did. Game two he played pretty good. He did. Uh, well, I from I what know, I, know, I saw, man, I ain't willing to say that. I he played, played good, good in game two. Not Now, I, I, I didn't see much out of him in game three, but Tyron Lu all I'm saying is on he is starting to get his team right. Tyron Lue. Tyronn Lue does deserve
1: to- a lot of credit. He has been making good, you know, substitutions and strategies and everything. Um it, it felt like they were just throwing away game one when they were putting in DeMarcus Cousins and stuff like that. He's, he, what he does is he experiments early on in this series and he learns from those experiments and then he implements those results And start. It looks like it starts really in game three uh, when he starts kind of implementing those changes. Like they went super small. Well, not, not super small. I guess if they went super small, they wouldn't have been playing Zubats, uh, but they, they really only played one center last game. It was Zubots. The backup center was like Marcus Morris. You could probably argue Nick Batum played a little bit um, down there. Um, but yeah, I'll give it. I'll give this to you. Um, you know the game. Y'all won the game last night. Clippers won the game last night. But for you to sit here and complain about officiating is pretty ridiculous. When the free throws severely are lopsided in one direction for this entire series, there's one team that is letting free throws every game. You, the Clippers, have had free more free throws in every single game. In fact, you about doubled the amount of free throw attempts than the Suns last night. They were letting Beverly get they, – they've let Beverly get away with everything, just about this series, butting heads, smacking people, grabbing people, all this kind of stuff. I'm not going to sit here and, and blame the officiating on the entire game. Booker really wasn't playing well last night. Chris Paul didn't play well last night in game three. Um, so, at the end of the day, it comes down to, to players making shots, and, and they were not doing that. Um, but they do – you know, it does mess up the game when you're calling stupid fouls, like dumb stuff um one-sided. I mean, when you're when you got Devin Booker with four fouls in the game, that messes up his whole rhythm, bro. He can't even play right. Yeah, that get that gets in your head, you can't even really play right, in my opinion. But to sit there and act like the the reps were helping the Suns out in game two when literally in the game, they were freaking looking at whose finger did it go out on last? You know, technically it touched Devin Booker's pinky, you know. Like, before. if you go and look at every single play that happens like that, the same result's probably going to happen. They they could have reviewed every single little steal like that last night, Torres, in game three. It would have been out on the offensive player just about every freaking time. That's what I'm saying. On those kinds of plays, because me, me and Torres were going at, it e- at each other in the group chat, I was like, you don't call that. You don't call that. Whoever well, watched hold that on, game hold on.
0: It was at the end of one. It was at the crunch time of the game. People. It was in the crunch time of the game. How many times have
1: you actually seen that? Where it goes off, like where a defensive player knocks it out of somebody's hand. Not when somebody reaches back out to try to get the ball and it goes off on them. But when they just straight up smack it out. They don't review that crap, bro. No, no,
0: no. They, okay. They I'm don't. They, use a, they, they don't review it. They review don't. Out. They, ever. They don't. They don't. But. This is the final two minutes. This is the final few seconds when they are allowed to review anything. Anything going out is reviewable. And, and it, was this, it was embarrassing. Not, no, when it was embarrassing for the league. It was embarrassing for the league when oh dude, God. typically
1: an NBA game, about two, two and a half hours. That Joker lasted till uh th- three plus hours. Imagine being, <laughs> imagine being, imagine being a new fan watching that game. I wouldn't want to watch another game because it feels like the referees just make every – like, like, oh, they were stopping the game for, for minutes
0: on end, bro. It, it's Because it's, the final few seconds were really close. It wasn't like it wasn't like these calls wasn't – because, for one, that call actually had an impact on the game. It did. Oh, it, did. it had to – I mean, it had oh, it an did. impact. I mean, it was impacting the game on both sides. So, it showed that it did matter. On I both mean, sides. Did the ball not go out last on, on Booker? It did. Now, I you saw the rule you said. Crab.
1: You don't look at that crap. Like I it, just thought started... You don't do that. It wasn't
0: like 20 seconds left in the game. Yes. No, that was, was not.
1: That was not 20 seconds left in the game. That was uh, like. like How much time? Okay, go ahead. I'll look it up back. while we're talking. I'll look it up. Don't worry. I got you. Because uh, it was not. Crazy. It was in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't no 20 seconds left in the game, my man. Okay, so it was less than.
0: It was at least less than a minute. It was at least less than a minute. I
1: don't even think it was that. No, it wasn't even that late. I swear it wasn't.
0: Really? I swear it wasn't. I remember it being really late in the game. And um, it went out on Devin Booker. Smart play by Patrick Beverly. Uh, It happened with a minute and six seconds left. So that's the you sure about that. Season. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Are you a looking at, at the
1: just the the play by play on ESPN? Play by play on ESPN. Yes. I I got to actually look at the real thing because I don't know if that was technically it. he did make a he he did he did have a turnover. There was also you know other ones that he had. I don't know. I don't know if that's the exact
0: one. I think that's the exact one. Yeah, it was with the minute because it was literally late at the end of the game. Okay. So with the minute, a minute and six seconds left. You telling me that call is not warranted? You telling me that call is not for no, real? I don't. I don't. I think, think that done. call is needed. Just
1: because, just because he Beverly wants to review every single play, don't mean you do that. I don't. That's just dumb to me. I don't. I don't know. He he's been getting away with entirely too much this series. I'm I'm about tired of him.
0: I ain't gonna lie to you. See, uh, see, you just tired of Patrick Beverly? That's I all am, it is. I'm about tired of. I him. am telling you. Auntie, what I'm trying to explain is. With these big calls, every call is needed, especially late in those games. You can't sit there and make that case. if that You can't make that case late in a game and say that call wasn't needed. L- there's a reason why Patrick Beverly said, oh, it's out on Booker. There's they do it after every play. A, they, 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 they do
1: that little motion that you're doing after every play in the NBA now. Oh my they want to review everything. I'm being dead serious. Have you not been watching this playoffs? After every school yes, out of town, yes. they do that. They say, oh, oh, "Oh, do do the review, do the review." I, pr- I promise you, they do it. And people are getting tired of it, bro. Like people are really getting. I mean, I'm not gonna say that I'm getting tired of that, but I'm just not really. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't know about that, man. I'm just because a player saying to review it don't mean it's right.
0: See, I it, it gets me that you don't want all the play. If if I if I'm in the game, I want all of the best plays done correctly. This that's just me. I want all of the best plays done correctly. I don't want no what-ifs, no what, what, what would have happened, what could have happened, what should have happened. I want the best plays always happening, the right play always being called. And if that was the right call, in that case, it was, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't see the logic behind it. I really don't. I don't I see I see I see that you don't like a lot of calls at once. I see that you want the Florida game to continue. That yeah, does do. disrupt the Florida game. It does disrupt the Florida game. It does. But if I want the right call, then I it, I want the right call at all costs. So be it. So be it. So, I hear um, you. So they're down so 2-1 now.
1: Do you, do you still feel really good about your Clippers in this one?
0: Yes. I think I know the I'm answer. I'm still really confident about the Clippers. I, I, I truly believe they win game. They should have won. It's starting like to me. It's starting to really prove that the Cooper's, This they should be up two one. They shouldn't even. It should. They starting to prove that they could be the better team in this series. They mm-hmm. might be the better team in this series. I think they win game four. They tied up game five. Is where it's going to tell it off. I think they win game four. They tie up the series. Game five will prove. Yes, I understand Chris Paul coming back. Um, yeah. What do you
1: think about that? It looked like they kind of that kind of disrupted the rhythm. Like it felt like. All it that. Did. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just didn't seem right. I thought it was going to add to it, but it looked like he kind of um, negatively impacted the team in a sense.
0: On the well, team. another thing I want to really ask is it just depends on Cameron Payne as well. Cameron Payne, if he's healthy, if he's able to come back, if he can't play next game, that even gives me more confidence that the uh, the Clippers will win. Um, they're saying right now, uh, you know, he, he's day to day. Uh with that uh, ankle injury, hopefully ankle injury wasn't bad. Uh mm-hmm. he's he is a he's a key component. I mean, if we want to talk about every team's big 3, well, it's so uh, well really not. He's actually like their fourth guy. Uh you got Booker, Paul, and Ayton, but Payne is a big piece. And uh his he, he injury is a big him. blow to him, man. His, his injury not being there it would be a blow. It will cause more things uh because you got to remember, Payne had a phenomenal game, 29 points, eight nine assists against the Clippers in game two. So they're going to need him. Paul's going to have to step up. And it reminds me a lot, like when the Paul Chris Paul uh, was playing on the Rockets and everybody was like, oh, man, if he was never hurt, they would have beat the Warriors in 17. He came back in 18, and they still couldn't get the job done even with him. I got a feeling that's, that's how it's going to be a little bit with these sons. Uh I think the Clippers just going to find a way, man. I think they're just still going to find a way and get past this series and still win the titles. Or not win the title, at least get to the finals. I hope they win the title. That was my pick. But uh, I am starting to lean towards those Hawks a little bit. But uh, I I do believe the Clippers are still within this series. They win game four. Game five is going to be in the mix. Game five is going to be the toss-up. That's when you're going to see what happens. And to me, whoever really wins game five, might win the series so it's gonna be really? good it's gonna be exciting to watch
1: yeah you're right about that. i'm sitting here trying to find this clip at any at, at any point i cannot find this thing i'm trying to find um that play that we're talking about and cannot find it anywhere
0: i mean it happened at the what it happened at the 106 mark because if you go by the play-by-play uh there was no more skipping over
1: it though yeah, but
0: I, I saw I – I did not see any more turnovers for uh, Devin Booker. If you look at the play-by-play, I see no turnovers for Devin Booker in the fourth quarter only up to that moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, – and that was a turnover for him. So there was no turnovers by Devin Booker in the fourth quarter on that play. And we all know what play that was when Patrick Beverly knocked the ball out. And I assure you with a minute and six seconds left, If that's not a key component, if that's not a key part of the game that needs to be called, then I don't know what is. Because a minute, anything under two minutes does does deserve a replay. I do agree with that. So, yeah, a minute and six uh, seconds was the only time Devin Booker was uh, garnered a turnover. And right after that turnover, yes, he had that personal foul on Paul George. So, so, yeah, I, I do believe that was the right call. Yeah, I do believe that was the right call. Okay, so uh, yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. We'll 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 look into it, my man. It, you might be right though. It probably was within the the minute. I might be misremembering it now, but that was. I don't know. You get where I'm coming from though. I just don't on a normal day that ain't that ain't reviewed. And like, just because oh. it goes out, I don't know if you not the ball and it. I, I don't know the way to me. If you're, if you're the one that causes I feel like that that should be on you in a sense. Like if Only he if he gets hand. the still, He didn't intentionally touch that ball. Like, you know, I don't know. that That's where I'm coming from, like the physics
0: uh, side of thing. I yeah, see – see, see, look, yeah. this
1: is what I see. I can get your point here. If Booker got the ball knocked out and he went out, like, to try to get it and, you know, tapped it and it went out of bounds something like that. Yeah. Dude's just sitting there with his hand like this with the ball – Beverly swipes it, it touches his pinky last. He didn't even try to even touch it. Like it's just
0: that doesn't matter. That's just like the ball hitting your leg. That doesn't matter. It ain't it ain't you. it's not
1: because your ball, the ball wasn't already on your
0: leg. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. The ball was already on the ball was still the last thing it touched before it went out was you. It was Booker. So if that was the case, now if Beverly would have hit uh Booker's hand and it would have went out, and it would have uh-huh. lastly went out on Booker, then yes, that ball does go, does go back to the Suns, but that wasn't the case. Be- Beverly hit all ball. That's like hitting, that's like if Beverly's hand, the ball would have came on top of, of Beverly's hand, and they would have both been holding the ball like this, it would have turned into a jump ball, because he yeah. just stopped the transition to another ball. But that wasn't the case. He hit the ball, and the last thing it touched was Booker. I can see why it's out on Booker. i ripped with the call. Only, I, I mean, if it would have hit his hand, then then yes, if Beverly would have hit Booker's hand, yes, that would have been out on uh, Beverly. But he did not. He hit all balls. Uh-huh. That's the only reason why I agreed that call. But I mean, you said disrupt the flow of the game. I'm thinking it was the right call at the moment. So, you know, we'll just see. I mean, yep. we'll just see how uh, how uh, everything goes from this point on. Because I think this is going to be a really good. It's going to be a really good series, man. Okay.
1: Well, um, anything else you want to cover before we end today's
0: show? Uh, no, man. It's uh, some really good game, really good uh, NBA basketball. I'm telling you, man, I don't care what nobody say This is one been the most competitive uh, series I've seen – I mean, playoffs I've seen in a minute. This is really fun to watch. It might not be star-studded. It yeah. This probably could have been just as good. You're right. It is more just competitive just due
1: to everything. Yeah. like It, it does make it – it makes it more of an even playing field. Um, to a degree, you know, like all the teams that have all the superstars teams can actually compete with them. So you're right. It's hard to even predict because of how competitive
0: it is. So, um, I yes. And that's, and that's hard. what you want. You don't want it to be so predictable. You don't mm-hmm. want it to be like, okay, well, I already know who's going to win, blah, 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 blah. That, that's how like, it's that's been. Not, You're right. Yeah. That's not what we want. We want this a, uh, we want this series to be like neck and neck back and forth and if that's the case man then i'm excited i'm excited for this i'm excited so uh i i can't i can't wait for this series i cannot wait to see what happens i'm excited for the hawks and bucks i'm surely excited for clippers and Suns, but mainly you know being from georgia we all excited to see the hawks do something so i'm excited
1: all right all right well guys that's going to do it for today's show uh next week like i said we've previewed it we got an nfc show coming out Torres and I will be, um, you know, recording another show next week. I'll be on vacation. Torres will be getting ready. It's going to be his fight week. Got his fight next Friday, right, against uh, TK Mattress. So that's, that's going to be something big. If you haven't already, Torres has posted out um, his Valor Hour that he did with TK. I would give that a listen. Go go check that out because you can kind of hear uh, the trash talk, the, the banter between uh tk and torres both great talkers as they mm-hmm. say on the show um really fun to listen to man they both can talk some trash especially uh <laughs> that tk man we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna to have to shut him up ain't we torres
0: yeah we want to shut him up big time just wait yes, and sir. see it. everyone just wait and see oh, you'll yeah. see you'll see
1: so give you that a listen see. torres i know shared that on his like snapchat his instagram um all that good stuff so so give that a listen if you don't already follow torres go give him a follow um, but yeah, we got that stuff coming up guys. It should be a fun week. You guys will enjoy it. Uh, be on the lookout for it, but thank you for listening in to today. Continue to give us those listens by going to Spotify, Apple podcast, any platform that podcasts are located. Give us that follow on Twitter at the TNT podcast overall, over on Instagram at TT underscore podcast. Those uh, likes, those shares, those listens, those reviews, uh, those retweets, those shares, those stories, all that good stuff, y'all. Any support and all support matters to us. We appreciate every bit of it. We look forward to more of it in the future. Look forward to growing here as a podcast this year. Uh, So thank you so much for listening today. And um, with that being said, we'll see you next time. Boom, boom.